Hi, everybody. It's me, Ben Blacker, your moderator of the Nerdist Writers Panel. Thanks for downloading this podcast. Uh, today's episode was a really fun one that we recorded at the ATX uh, Television Festival. That's the Austin TV Festival uh, with Scott Ackerman and Neil Campbell, who's the head writer of both of Comedy Bang Bang, uh, the television show on IFC, uh, which I am such a fan of. And uh, it's in its second season right now. Uh, Friday nights, and it's even better than it was. This is not a paid advertisement. I genuinely like the show, and I like Scott and Neil, and you guys should watch it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, So anyway, I hope you enjoy this. The ATX Festival is kind of the best thing going for TV fans. Uh, It's next June, 5th through 8th will be their third year. I will definitely be there. I hope you will be too. For information about ATX, go to atxfestival.com. And speaking of Austin... I will also be at the Austin Film Festival this October, uh, moderating some panels, definitely doing a Nerdist Writers panel with some awesome people that I can't tell you about yet, but I will as soon as everything is locked in and tickets go on sale or however it works. Um, But go to austinfilmfestival.com and join me at that. I have never been. I hear it's really cool. Um, And, you know, I don't like movies. We, We all know about that. Uh, I love TV, but there are TV people going. I know Vince Gilligan will be there, our old pal, um, a bunch of other really cool people. Jonathan Demme is going to be there. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. So come to the Austin Film Festival at the end of October. It's October 24th through 31st, austinfilmfestival.com, and I'll be talking more about that as things kind of get squared away. Speaking of squares, today's show is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace the all-in-one platform that makes it easy and fast to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code WRITERS8, W-R-I-T-E-R-S, the number 8. It starts at just $8 a month and includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year. Squarespace has over 20 highly customizable templates for you to choose from, um, and it is genuinely really cool and easy to use, so check it out. Every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website, so your content looks great on any device, uh, iPad, iPhone, and if you don't have those, you're ridiculous, but even your weird phone, it will look great on uh, every time. It's incredibly easy to use, but if you want some help, Squarespace has an amazing support team that works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I have never needed help with it. You won't either. You're smart people. Uh, Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website. Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. Uh, Again, that's squarespace.com and use the offer code WRITERS8 for 10% off and a free trial. We thank Squarespace for their support. And now here's Comedy Bang Bang's Scott Ackerman and Neil Campbell from ATX. Now entering Nerdist.com. It's the Nerdist Writers Panel on the Nerdist Podcast Channel. Ben Blacker talking writing with writers. Writers talking writing can get pretty exciting. The talk can be lightning. It's very, very frightening. Ben Blacker talking writing with writers. Yeah. Please welcome uh, Scott Ackerman and Neil Campbell. Thank you, everybody. Guys. That was fun. For me. <laughs> uh, congratulations on the show. Thank you. By the way, this is the head writer uh, and co-executive producer, Neil Campbell, Hi. Um, of the show. 
Um, let's let's start from the beginning. I, and I'm sure this is somewhat well-trod, uh, but I'd like to hear a little bit about how, you know, this comedy Bang Bang has evolved uh, over the past years uh, to what we see today in the TV show, but from the podcast, and even before that, from the live show. It started as a podcast, which... Um was just kind of a radio show that I was doing for fun with my friends where I would, uh, it started out as I thought it was going to be me talking to comedians who were going to be on my live show that week. So like if Kevin Nealon was on that Tuesday, I would talk to him on the radio on Friday and just sort of promote it. And then it quickly evolved into me talking to comedians doing characters because I thought that was really fun. Uh, I think around the eighth episode or something, Andy Daly, who's a really great comedian, came on in character and... Um, that was really fun for me. So that's kind of what the show has evolved into. I'm still doing it. We're in our, like, 220-something episode right now. And that's sort of the format of the show. What it became is me talking to a celebrity, uh, and then I also have comedians on as fake people. So that got kind of popular, and IFC, they were all fans of the show, um, and so they offered me a TV show to do kind of... It was it was very much unspecified what they wanted me to do. They said, do you want to turn it into a TV show? And so I didn't know quite what they were thinking of. Um, at one point, they were sort of talking about it like it was going to be a watch what happens type of like on four days a week kind of show, and it would be much more like the podcast. But then uh, they said, no, I think we're going to order 10 of them, just 10 half hours, and when I started thinking about it like that, I started thinking, well, if I'm only doing 10 episodes of something and it's only a half hour long, I want it to be like more like a sketch show, more something that's more permanent rather than ephemeral. Um, so, And they, they were very supportive. They said, yeah, you know, you've always wanted to do a sketch show. They've known me for a while. You, you've always wanted to do a sketch show. Turn this into a combination of the podcast and a sketch show, which is what it ended up being. Uh, and tell me a little bit, if you would, about pulling together the team that you have on the show. And Neil, when you got involved as well. Uh, well, we started talking about it before the pilot. And yeah, we had to, because if we started talking about it on the day of the <laughs> pilot, that would have been really weird. <laughs> I, I, I was insisting we wait, but... <laughs> you demand. Hey, man, you... get over here. <laughs> no, what There's we cameras and everything. Uh, you got to help me. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, when we just started talking about it as how do we not just put cameras in a podcast, you know, in a studio, but actually, yeah. like, make it... For the medium and make it visual. Um, I had luckily been been doing, at that point, a couple years, I think, of the Between Two Ferns shorts with Zach Galifianakis. Have you guys seen and Between Two Ferns? Yeah. So I, I was one of the co-creators of that and um, one of the writers of it and um, producer, obviously, and, and lately I've been directing them all. So I kind of, I really got into the format of doing um, multi-camera interviews which um, were then stitched together to make it seem like they were happening in, happening in real time that we would improv and there was something really cool about the non-scripted nature of them that I liked that made them see, seem more off the cuff so I got really into that so I knew that was going to be a part of it um, but then it was just kind of like sort of just figuring out what the rest of it would be we knew that the, I needed to have a band of some sort and uh, Dan Pasternak at IFC suggested Reggie, and I thought that was a great idea. So it was, it was because you're following this kind of traditional 
talk show format, but putting yeah, your, your turn. That's on. that's to me. That's the only reason the show kind of works is um, because it's in this fake talk show format. We always kind of like reset and go back to home base because I've done other sketch shows for places like Fox and Comedy Central, and the issue you always have is point of view of a sketch show. It's always very hard. Everyone wants to kind of do SNL uh, over again. Um, but it's very difficult because what SNL has is that format that's always the same, and they have a celebrity host that you are always excited to see. So I've done other sketch shows which are just like anything can happen, and you turn it on, and hey, there's one sketch, then there's another sketch, then there's another sketch, and it's very difficult for audiences to grasp onto what is happening, and it's very easy for them to tune out and go, oh, I didn't like that sketch, goodbye. So this, the fact that we're always going back to this fake talk show kind of gives it momentum narratively, which is very in a very weird way. So we found that out during the pilot. Um, we shot a lot of stuff for the pilot thinking that we would cut out sketches. And when we got to it, we were like, oh, everything's really funny. Can we just fit everything into the half hour? And we found a pace that we really liked out of that. We expected to cut stuff out, but we were like, no, this. Is, I actually like how fast this is moving. So it, it just kind of evolved into that through luck, basically, off of the pilot. And what is, uh, and, and this is kind of a question for both of you, but like, what is the the Scott Ackerman point of view uh, that we see? Why in would this Neil show? answer that? <laughs> Hold on, I'll take this one. <laughs> and, and and Neil, you know, I mean, television is a collaboration, so you know, what are you bringing to the table? What is what is different uh, from Scott's perspective that you're bringing? Uh, but Scott, let's let's start with you. Oh, okay. You know? um, in terms of the point of view of like my character that I play on the show. Um, I knew I didn't want to be mean in it like Zach is on the Between Two Ferns. And basically, I get to do all those kind of slams in those things anyway. <laughs> you know, and it's I, out of your system. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of wanted it to be bright and cheery and, and you know, bright colors and fun. Um, and, and, and in terms of my character, um, there's certain stuff that I like to do that these guys all kind of know and figured out. Um, if it ever gets too mean, that's where I kind of balk a lot. Like if I ever think something's being mean to a guest or something, I usually back off on that. And he just little. said balk, not balk. He starts to balk like a chicken. Yeah, like a if chicken. It's like it's yeah. too mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's my alarm system that we yeah. set up. Uh, I was hypnotized <laughs> very early on in the process. So we're hearing it. Yeah. We know. Oh, I may start taking mean. my clothes off rapidly if you say the secret word. Just to... a lot of pressure on yeah. me. Oh, pressure! <laughs> uh, and, and and Neil, what do you what do you um, bring to the table? <laughs> He's the head writer, so a lot. Um, yeah. Well, the the writing staff is most. I used to be the artistic director at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in Los Angeles, and. Um, a lot of the little writers that we, we have on the staff, I think basically everyone, came Almost out of so. there. Um, and a few of them are from a sketch group, The Birthday Boys, who are having who are going to have a show on IFC soon. And a few are from my sketch group, and, and we do a monthly show paired up together. Um, we have the head writer of The Onion as well, Seth Reese, on the staff this year. Yes, yes. who also used to do UCB in New York. Uh, and so I think if there's one thing that we all have in common with that sort of fits the, the show, it's that... We're not typically like real mean or dark anyway. I think a lot of our our approach is is something that's we kind of like friendly people and and like there's a lot of like friendly humor in the show, like a lot of people being nice to each other. There's there's one sketch in particular coming up called um, Scotty, Scotty Scares, Scares Them, yeah. which is 
it was very hard for the editors to kind of wrap their brain around because, you know, we have, like, absolutely produces the show, does Tim and Eric, um, awesome show, great job, or did it, um, as well as Nathan For You and other shows um, that are maybe slightly more aggressive. And that was a very difficult for, for one for them to wrap their head around. They, like, had the first pass of it, they had edited it really fast because they they thought the nice in it was not funny <laughs> and we were kind of like no 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 just put the nice stuff in it and it's it's really funny to us of just people being nice to each other yeah, really going fun. out of their way to be super friendly yeah it makes it tonally different from a lot of other comedy that's on yeah definitely I, I wanted to do something that kind of felt really different because you know the, the writers and I we have kind of a sense of humor that we know it when we see it what we like you know and so what Neil does is he kind of wrangles everyone. I'm not there all the time in the writing process. Um, and Neil is the one to kind of, you know, wrangle everyone and make sure that the stuff is getting written. And then it all kind of like comes up to me and, and we work it out once it comes up to me. Um, very quickly, because I want to make sure we have time to get questions from the crowd. Um, but Neil, what is your... Uh comedy background, what are your comedy influences? I mean, you, you worked at U, UCB, but before yeah. that, like, who do you look at, and, you know, can we see that stuff on the screen, uh, those influences? Uh, well, uh, I mean, Mr. Show was probably the biggest influence on me, kind of coming out of college and stuff, and then I'd gone to college with, with Paul Rust, who's one of the writers on the show, and we were just going around doing um, open mics and stuff around Los Angeles, and then we met Kulop, Scott's now wife, uh, uh, then girlfriend and uh, and man, I was cheating on her constantly back then. Oh wait, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> and uh, uh, but yes, yeah, so we Paul and I were like, hey, that's Scott Ackerman at a show, and so because uh, you knew one him of the, yeah, Mr. we knew show. one we of were, the few people in the world who would recognize me. The fourth season of Mr. Show, right before <laughs> we Scott Ackerman, and we knew who he was. Uh, and we went to see a show Kulop was in that that Scott had directed, and then we um, and then Scott started seeing us do some stuff, and and we just yeah, I just together. really liked his aesthetic um and mainly because of that kind of friendliness while still having really super clever but hard jokes in it um i just liked the optimism of it you know what i mean and that's what we try to do in the show is 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 make it fun and optimistic in a way that when we do between two ferns we just try to make it as hard and <laughs> mean as possible <laughs> Um, uh, what, what are your comedy influences? What stuff that you kind of grew up watching? I grew up, I mean, Monty Python was the biggest for me, um, but that that was when I was 13. I had a girlfriend who uh, showed me Monty Python, and I was like, oh, holy shit, this is awesome. And then my mom, I remember her saying, Monty Python is a dirty old man. You shouldn't be watching that. I think she thought that it was, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Benny Chase Hill. Benny Hill, yeah. yeah. Um, but the biggest, the biggest influences on me when I hit 15, and, and they're the biggest influences in the show, were definitely Late Night with David Letterman and Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure, just Pee Wee Herman in general. Um, and so I've tried to kind of make the show a combo of those two things, um, which very exciting for me. Pee Wee Herman is on the show this year, um, and he's, he does all new Pee Wee bits that he wrote for the show. Um, which he hasn't written in a long time. Uh, it's kind of new bits to do that. And it was a huge thrill for me. And, and, you know, I got to tell him how much it meant to me and that he's, you know, the show is sort of, you know, directly influenced by Playhouse, definitely. Um, so that was that was a big thrill. Still waiting to get David Letterman on the show. I was going to ask, are there guests who have gotten away, guests you can't? 
I've I've chased after Chris Elliott for a long time. Uh, it feels very much in the vein of his humor too. He the timing has never worked out because he doesn't live in L.A. So it's very much like if I can get him while he's in L.A., I try. And he just got to L.A. to do Eagle Heart, and we were just wrapping, and he wasn't there a day earlier. And it was, but I've I've been chasing him for a while. But I was I was chasing Pee Wee Herman for the entire first uh, season and. Very quickly in the first, or uh, when we started the second season, he agreed to do it, and we had an awesome phone call where I got to talk to him about what he wanted to do, and it was it was really thrilling for me. Talk to me a little bit about the uh, character bits, where you know comedians come in and play these characters, uh, improvised versus scripted, as well as you know doling those out throughout the season, and you know how you decide who 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 is in when. The the first year, I think that we. We had a lot of comedians on from the podcast who were doing their established characters. So, for instance, Nick Kroll, who does Fabrice Fabrice, that's one he's done on the podcast and before the podcast in his act several times. Um, Paul F. Tompkins doing uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, he did that in the first season. We changed it a little bit this year. Um, We have a little less of that, um, and we have more people doing... uh, it's all still improvised, but their character ideas, because we had a lot of people like Joe Latrulio, for instance, um, who don't really have established characters of their own, but they want to come on or Ben Schwartz from Parks and Recreation. They don't do like character work, but if you give them a, a like a one paragraph idea of a character, they can come in and improv it really great. So there's a little more of that this year. But the important thing for me is that they are improv interviews. I mean, all of these uh, interviews are just kind of us trying to find it on the day that they're there. I mean, and Nick, I had no idea what he was going to do. He literally got to the set, and um, we had a one-second check-in before he came out. I was like, so what do you want to do today? He's like, I don't know, something about, you know, just something about craft service. I'm like, okay, great, we'll find it. <laughs> and so th- that's fun and also terrifying a little bit for me to every day be kind of in the position of, um, okay, well, none of this is written. W- let's hope that we find something. But it's it's been working out really well. I've seen about nine of this year's uh, episodes, and they're all I'm very very proud of them. Yeah, and I was just yeah. I mean, literally in those two episodes, Nick was one who had his established character, and that's an example of someone who already does a character coming on and improvising. Uh, Jordan Peele doing Tan Fu, that was like a beat sheet we gave him, but he still figures out the approach to the character. Uh, uh, and, you know, how he's going to play it and, and all that, but, um, and you know, even specifically what he's going to say, and then there's just kind of like yeah. a roadmap for him. So that, that was sort of the two different ways that we would do the character guys. I've seen some other uh, fake talk shows, like Knowing Me, Knowing You with Alan Partridge, which I really love, but um, you can tell everything is a script in there, you know, and, and I really like the improvisational feel of people finding it in the moment, you know, and... and we we are trying to put in more examples of like the people kind of laughing or breaking character a little bit because there's so much of it while we're taping it's so funny and so we're trying to like just subtly you can see like Aziz in the show kind of like breaking up on stuff because it's really fun while we're doing it so we want to kind of communicate that to people i uh, i would imagine that this could become i mean you're these are all pros you're working with and, Professionals, and obviously yes. you're terrific <laughs> uh, you're a great for the layman fresh <laughs> golf pros uh, <laughs> Yeah, golf pros, of course. <laughs> we um, have an Ampro tournament every year after the season wraps. Can these... That's how uh, you say it, right? Ampro, not pro-am? <laughs> right, right. You got it. Your reference is correct. Sure, okay. Uh, have you... Ha, has Have these improvisations gone on uh, trying to find 
the thing. Like, when you have no yeah. prep with someone like Nick, although, you know, again, both of you are great, you're going to find something, but, you know... I, we I were, like we were putting together stuff, deleted stuff for the DVD that we thought was going to come out after the season, first season, but I think we're going to wait until after this season to do all 30 episodes. Um, but we were putting together just, like, stuff we cut out. There's a ton of stuff that we cut out, because we usually tape about with... The main guest, the celebrity guest, will tape at least 20, 25 minutes with them for a five-minute interview, um, and the same for the for the comedy guest. So there's a ton of stuff that we have that we've been editing together just that people will hopefully see. Um, but that's I really enjoy that, just like taping long and finding it. It leads to a spontaneity, I think, that you, you can see in the show. Yeah, and I think maybe one change with the first season of character guests, we had... They, they were all established characters and almost no planning for them. So that was a little bit harder in terms of finding, like, a thread. And this season... The days would, would run on a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. This season, I think the character guess either there is that roadmap that's a little bit, like... Uh, Slightly yeah. more detailed, but without dialogue. Yeah, and, and that we know is, like, going to eventually be about the right running time. Uh, we would do, in the first season, we would do sometimes three takes with a character guest, and we'd be constantly going, well, how's it end? How do we... Where's it go? You know, and... And and that would get a little wearing on the celebrity guest, <laughs> who who are a lot of times my friend, so they're patient. But you know when it goes into the sixth hour of taping a twenty minute twenty two minute TV show, it's it can be a little like we want to streamline and the process the, a little bit. The character guests who were doing more established things this season came on with like, oh, I'm just going to bring up this one specific idea, or or it, it was it was definitely more manageable this the year. Whole process got yeah. streamlined. Is that because yeah. you know in the first season? You were coming out of the podcast, and that's kind of how you do it on there. It's a little bit, but also the first season we just didn't know what we were doing. So, so we we did the whole. We we only shot five weeks for those for, uh, first ten episodes, and every day we would go overtime and um, one or two hours overtime. Which you know you do twelve hours already to add a thirteenth and a fourteenth hour onto it is just super wearing. So when we came into this uh, year, we were like, how do we simplify this a little bit? And I think we came up with a good way. Yeah, I think also uh, it's just that. Shut up. He's coming. He's moving <laughs> on to the audience. No, just that we also, it was a whole thing where we had to write the entire first season, then shoot it, then put it on air and see how people respond and stuff. So any le- unlike most shows where you can kind of learn from it yeah, as like you're you, writing it. You're writing episode 10 around when it premieres or so. Like this, this we had to just put it up and see what people thought. Now we sort of know what's working and what's not working. Yeah. Uh, let's get to some questions. Sure, right here. You're talking about having much more material in terms of time and the time restraints of the show. In the process, particularly in the improvised parts, do you ever feel while it's going on that it's time to rein somebody in, or do you just let it go the whole time and edit? We're, we usually try to do at least one take where it just goes wherever. I mean, we always say, okay, let's keep on topic. And then they end up being like 15 minute long takes that just go crazy. And I, I love, we use a lot of those first takes for the flavor part of it. But then we try to go back and do another take, which is more on story and go, okay, the simplest version of your appearance on this couch is you come out, you establish what you say, you have a couple of narrative beats of it, and then it ends. And we try to do one take like that that we can always use. Um, it, it, as sort of template setter, if that makes any sense. Other questions? Oh, God, please. <laughs> More than one question. This is embarrassing. I have a lot. 
Uh, I noticed now that Reggie is reading the opening credits. Are you guys yes. trying to reach out to a more illiterate fan base? <laughs> 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 that was something the um, the network wanted. I actually really like it uh, because I think I think talk shows do that. That's what you know the announcer does on a talk show. So, but I, I think it was more of a note from them of this. It's probably a minute long title sequence is the same every episode. What can we do to make people not tune out mentally during it? So it's it, strangely, it gives it some kind of like momentum, if that makes any sense. But I like it. I, that, I was actually going to ask. I mean, that title sequence seems like the most kind of mainstream, straightforward part of the show. Uh, was this IFC dictated, or what is your relationship with the uh, network? The network. <laughs> I will say uh, they're great. Uh, I'm laughing because I, uh, I will say they tested the show in between <laughs> seasons, which is, you know, uh, terrifying uh, because you get a lot of uh, feedback about <laughs> what is some of about how feedback? awful you are. <laughs> um, so but they're, also, they're smart people over there. They, they you yes. know, let creators create. And they, they're very much collab... They want to collaborate with me on it. So they were very much uh, concerned about my feelings going forward <laughs> of like, would you like to do such and such? And we collaborated on a slightly different structure than the first season of the shows going forward, simplifying it a little bit, not having as many guests. Sometimes we would have three guests per show. Um, and I worked they, in their research. They found that the third person people were tuning out, and because there was too much going on, so we simplified it a little bit in order to kind of just live in it a little more. We're not as concerned with like every second there has to be some new crazy thing. Um, I, and I'm curious too, from a production standpoint, like uh, Neil, had you and the writers kind of gotten used to a schedule? Had you guys figured out we know what makes the show tick by the end of those? 10 and were you thrown for that second season or did it feel no, like a well good i know even before it was picked up kind of something the, the idea that 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 we had talked about going in was uh i we didn't even know yet the format changes necessarily that i have sued want but something that we just wanted was more kind of like through line things in episodes uh because there's a couple like that in the first season and those just sort of feel more cohesive uh, so, like, the Mediship thing is a through line, a story that kind of makes people want to see how it ends, if that makes sense. And a lot of the changes that we had talked about of, like, oh, I hope we get to do this, the, uh, the, a lot of the changes that we wanted to do, IFC was, like, nervous about talking they had wanted to do. And they were like, we're hoping you're okay with this. And we were like, oh, we've already been talking about that. And they were relieved. So it, it was a really friendly process talking to IFC about, you know, what exactly they wanted yeah, so it was just, yeah, the through line thing that was, I guess, in terms of, like, no one, when we had enough, we sort of make sure, does every episode have, you know, a, a through line or at least, like, a bookend, uh, like the, the mental asylum thing in the, in the, in the premiere and uh, stuff like that. Yeah, it definitely feels like uh, the show has figured out what it is in many ways. I mean, it was so much fun in that first season, but it feels like it breathes a little more. It feels a little more lived in in a great way. Thank you, Ben, <laughs> of the Thrilling Adventure Hour. Oh. <laughs> and Wolverine Season 1 in comic stores this Wednesday. Uh, more questions? You guys have more questions? Yeah. <laughs> I noticed in the Metaship uh, sketch, Echo Kellum. Oh, yeah. Um, are you just, like, calling over to UCB and just asking... <laughs> Asking yeah, I mean, started. I texted Echo and said, can you do this bit? Uh, 
It's Neil is a great resource for actors to be in the show. Um, we actually have a casting person, um, David Zwick, that we would say, "What are Zwick's picks today?" And I felt I felt really bad um, because we nixed Zwick's picks. Oh yeah. Every episode, bracket. I think he ended up giving us three people that we used in the show, and it was because we needed a kid at if one we point. A or kid we needed, or an old person. Or an old yeah. person. Um, because we just, that's the, one of the greatest things about doing the show is I get to give our friends parts. I mean, not, they're not always the biggest parts, you know, but you'll see, like, even someone doing an extra part sometimes or even one line will be, like, a UCB person who's really funny. And, and that's just really fun for me um, to have a show where a, a lot of shows, um, you have a cast in it, and the reason you have a cast is because the network or the production company will make a deal with those people in order to um, have them be, be, be paid less than what you would pay, um, what you would accrue in casting a whole bunch of different types of people. Our uh, talent line in the budget is the, one of the biggest lines in the budget because we are constantly going to different people for every single episode. And so it costs a lot of money to do that, but... Thankfully, IFC was really supportive of that. That's kind of what makes the show fun, I think, is the fact that we can have Echo Kellum in one episode and we don't have to put him in all 20 and figure out what to do with him. Not that that would be a a drag at all, because Echo's really funny. But that's really fun for us is to, you know, every single person you'll see in the show is actually a really great comedian, even if you don't know who they they are. Um, We're just about out of time. I want to ask you guys a couple of quick questions. Um, Obviously, Scott, I mean, you come from sketch and from comedy, so this is pushing the right buttons for you. Um, uh, That's what I require in my job. (laughs) But you're also, uh, I know you as a theater guy. Yeah. Um, Are you getting that, like, let's put on a show uh, feeling from doing this show? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, yeah, really fun to do kind of the whole, like, hey, gang, like, come on, we're all friends, we're all putting on a show. Uh, you know, I am a theater and, and musical theater back, background. I have one of those. So uh, our 10th, that's an inelegant way of putting that <laughs> sentence, but I am musical theater, have one background that is that thing that you said. But um, so our 10th episode, our mid-season finale is a gigantic musical episode um, that I uh, basically, Paul F. Tompkins as Andrew Lloyd Webber, um, <laughs> has written a musical version of the show because he loves the, the talk show, but the one thing he hates is the talking. <laughs> so it is, it's a big epic. Uh, so I think people are really going to enjoy that. And, and it's really it's phenomenal that you can be ambitious like that. You know, you have the freedom to do that. You know, this season, because we're doing 20 episodes, it really, we have the freedom to mess around in that a little bit. And, and if we were only doing 10, I think it would be obnoxious to say okay, well, every other episode is a weird conceptual thing because we always want to come back and reset uh, to the template, you know? But now that we're doing 20, we're doing some major, huge things. We have one episode, our, our Sliding Doors episode, where it's, it looks at both realities, one where I make the bus to the show and one where I don't make the bus to the show. And at one point, the very last day of filming that one, I looked at the idea and I was like, how long have we been filming this show? And she was like, eight days, which is a long time. I've been wearing the same clothes for eight days, which I guess a lot of people, if you're filming a movie that happens in one night, you're wearing like the same clothes for three months or something. But I was unused to it. I was, and I was just like, how long have we been doing this? Eight days, which is super long for us. So there's some really ambitious stuff that we get to do 
because we have so many episodes that we're doing. Uh, and then finally, uh, Neil and then Scott, uh, what are you watching on TV? Is there stuff that's getting you excited about television? Uh, stuff that The Room is talking about or that you and your friends are talking about? Let's see. I still watch every episode of South Park. Uh, that's one of my favorite shows. Um, I mean, we watched, I think, everything that everyone watches. You know, the, the Mad Men's and the Breaking Bads and the uh, Game of Throneses and of the world. Um. <laughs> Throneses. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, Mad Men is the best show on television. I just love it. I mean, it's it's not based on, like, dramatic plot occurrences. It's all about emotional stakes. That's my favorite thing. It, I, I, I watch a lot of drama. I don't watch a lot of comedy. But the comedies I love, you know, Parks and Rec, I think, is the greatest. Happy Endings was my favorite show. Um, I'm, I hope they get sold somewhere. That's such a great show. Um, and, uh, you know, Friday Night Lights, I mean, they were right. <laughs> you know, it's like, it was great. Uh, please give a round of applause. Thanks, everyone. I really appreciate you coming. Thanks to everyone at the ATX Festival. Thank you. Now leaving Nerdist.com.